Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friend Wrap. I am your host, Nicholas Larimer, and today I'm joined by Mr. Michael Morris. Let us get into the news of today. And the first one is a sort of two stats which have come out quite recently, which speak to, I think, the very real cost of misgovernance in South Africa. So one is a study by the World Bank, which has found that about 10% of South Africa's GDP, so basically 10% of the, the, uh, the wealth we produce each year, is being destroyed by crime. The study looked at all sorts of stuff, um, transfer, protection, and opportunity costs, and just sort of uh, the, the general damage that crime causes to the economy. So in other words, you know, we're 10% poorer each year than we should be due to how bad crime is. And at the same time, a study by the Bureau for Economic Research and, and a number of other banks and debt services have found that middle-class South Africans which is basically people earning around 15,000 Rand a month or households earning around 15,000 Rand a month have gotten significantly poorer since 2016. Uh, this, this research looked into the purchasing power. So in other words, how many goods and services your uh, money can actually buy you and how that's declined since 2016. And it's found that it's diminished by 40% mm -hmm. since 2016. Uh, which equates to a loss of something like effectively 10,000 Rand per month. So everyone in the country, due to uh, inflation, poor economic growth, wage stagnation, is essentially uh, 10,000 Rand off, worse off than they were back in 2016. Michael, I think this is, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of South African issues you're talking about, almost everything, whether it's a social problem or some sort of political issue or collapsing infrastructure, it always comes back to these two things sort of overhanging it all. These are the, the great crises of our nation, poor economic growth and huge high crime. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're quite right to, to, put, to put them together, to read, the, read these two things together, because that is the narrative. Um, it's it's it precisely why the IRR has consistently argued and most forcefully this year, in fact, for growth being the primary objective, that, that unless we get growth going, and we do believe, uh, I think Terence was, I was putting out a letter this afternoon written by our, our colleague Terence Corrigan, pointing out that we argue that a 7% growth rate is, 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 is achievable, but more than that, it's, it's absolutely vital if we are going to overcome uh, the the malaise and the and the terrible place that we we stuck in get beyond the place we stuck in at the moment, and I think these two figures are are very interesting. Interesting that they're coming from two different places. The one is the um, the coal face, if you like, of the hard life in South Africa. The crime, uh, everybody is aware of it. Some people are are slightly more cushioned than others. Uh, there are aspects of society that are particularly vulnerable, ranging all the way from farmers to spaza shop owners to night watchmen to women on the streets. Um, it's it, it, it's an everyday, every second uh, anxiety and concern for people. And because of that, they spend a huge amount of money. So the cost is, is enormous, as this piece bears out. Um, and of course, this then feeds into uh, the, the plight of the middle class. Well, the, the headline says middle class, and the interest is middle middle earning. You know, the middle kind of income bracket, which is probably a little bit bigger in a sense than the middle class, or what we typically might think of as the suburban class. I think there are a lot of people who are kind of moving into that category, and this is in a way the the, the biggest tragedy. I think, and Nick, I'd be interested to hear your comments too. But the 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 the, the extent to which all of this is robbing 
opportunities for people who are just on the cusp, actually, of benefiting from the transformation of society, the change that we've had since 1994 and all the rest of it, the, the immense effort that they've made in education, going to university, studying by with candles and 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 weekends spent at school getting a, a better matric than they might have had. All those people who are just moving up are being punished again by this feckless uh, condition in which the the the, the, the feckless manner in which the country is being run, and just finally before I because I, I really do want to hear your thoughts on this too, but the, um, the very interesting piece today by um, Jonathan Katzenellenberg and on on the Daily Friend on the Harvard report. There's been quite a bit of emphasis on or focus on the Harvard report, but one thing that struck me it was this quite short line. Second, in the beginning of the second paragraph, I, I recommend to, to to viewers and readers and, and, and listeners to, to go and look at it. But at their root, the causes of our economic demise are all political. Um, and this is a key thing, you know, they, they, we, we, it's not a question of looking around for all sorts of fancy uh, excuses for why things aren't working out. The, the Harvard report, not South Africans, not the IRR. It happens to confirm a great deal of what the IRR has said and argued for, but it's a, a serious-minded Harvard study that tells it pretty much like it is and says, look, guys, this is where the problem lies, um, and don't kid yourselves. And I think these two stories. I think that's exactly right. And I think, you know, when you see the, the diminishing of, of uh, middle-income purchasing power, <clears throat> um, that yeah. really explains the sense of hopelessness in the country because even people who aren't necessarily middle class, they, they, they sort of might know people who are just into the middle class or they've seen people you know, who live in a neighborhood close to them. And if those people are struggling, they're also going to lose hope. I think the general sense of hopelessness, yeah. the <clears> fact <throat> that so many South Africans across the spectrum, across wealth and race and gender, whatever way you want to slice it, are feeling miserable and desperate and hopeless right now is exactly because we've been in this economic delays, we've been assaulted by crime, and it's just kind of creating this sort of pressure cooker on our psyche, uh, which uh, yeah. if we don't fix those political problems, you know, it's only going to get worse. Um, yeah. And maybe that pressure will be the thing that actually catalyzes a change in our politics. Mm. But I think we still have yet to mm. see that, um, and next year's election will be a very key indicator of whether that is going to happen. Yeah. But um, let's move on to our next story. Uh, this one is actually, I think, a pretty good story. For the first time, a majority of the justice portfolio members in Parliament have recommended that two judges, Western Cape High Court Judge President John Flope and retired Judge Nokola Mutata, uh, be removed as judges. Uh, Flope was found guilty of misconduct by the Judicial Services Commission back in 2008 for trying to influence the Constitutional Court on a matter involving Jacob Zuma. And Motata was convicted in 2007 for drunk driving and later found to be dishonest in his defense uh, to the JSC. He has also been recommended for removal. So if they are removed, it will be the first time in South African history that judges have been removed. And, um, you know, when judges are removed, it's not necessarily a good thing, especially if, you know, you in a political yes. system where they've been kicked out because they you know challenged authority or something like this but in this case these two judges really deserve to be removed so i, I hope that parliament will follow through i'm sure they will the portfolio committee has already agreed to it um and then we will see the back of them no longer in our justice system what do you make of this michael mm, i i absolutely agree with you a, a good story 
Um, we need uh, we need uh, a maximum confidence in our institutions. We've got very good institutions on paper. Not all of them are as good in in in, in practice in real life. Um, but I think this this is a demonstration of what um, you know a sound parliamentary uh, 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 tradition, in a sense is capable of doing it it it, it, it there are rules and 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 what have you to to to, to guide our legislatures but there or legislators but there has to be uh, the sense of of the, their purpose and the the institutional uh, integrity has to be embodied by those who are who applying applying the rules applying the laws looking at the regulations making judgments making calls and decisions and so on voting um so in that sense i think this 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 is a good um, this is a good sign um and yeah i mean it's been a long time coming i think <laughs> we've been reading about both of these characters for an awfully long time uh, i think uh, a lot of people were beginning to think that nothing was ever going to happen it's it's unfortunately a very typical south african condition i think nick that so often you know important things uh, arise and then nothing really happens we talk about it a lot we have commissions we have you know post-mortems and and then eventually just sort of fades away but so yeah i agree with you it's uh, yeah, uh, that is the one the one dark spot here is that it took almost over a decade for these things to happen. Now I understand that you need to have go through processes, especially when you're removing a judge, you need to be very thorough. But man, the <laughs> the Judge Lope one, the Matato one, actually is the easier one. Like, yeah, yeah, found guilty of this of this conduct. There's no politics involved. It's just it really shouldn't have taken until now. But better late than never, I think, is a very good thing. Um, to keep in mind in the Every after, yeah <laughs> uh okay let us move on to our last story yeah, yeah. and the anc and eff and, I, and a number of other parties have all voted in parliament to request that president Saul ramaphosa sever diplomatic ties with israel or close the embassy with israel temporarily until such a time as uh israel agrees to a permanent ceasefire and commits to un peace negotiations motion was passed with 248 votes in favor and 91 votes against um what uh michael what do you make of this mm. for me mm. the, the thing that irritates me here is okay you know i understand that the anc thinks that what israel is doing is is bad but you know the kind of moral condemnation runs very hollow when you look at all of these other places around the world where absolutely horrific things have happened syria half a million people have been killed in the last sort of decade. Uh, there's the Ukraine-Russia war, there's the Ethiopian civil war, there's just many conflicts around the world where huge numbers of people have been killed. And South Africa also, in those conflicts, doesn't really have that much influence or maybe has a little bit more influence than it does on the Palestine-Israel war. And yet, this is the only one that government jumps up about. This is when we mobilize the foreign policy uh, apparatus to start putting pressure. This is when we get all excited. And to me, it speaks to the fact that the ANC is ultimately addicted to its ideological obsessions. Yeah. And in this case, that it believes that it needs to support what it considers to be the anti-colonial struggle, regardless of you know the sort of context. It doesn't really actually care necessarily about lives being lost. It cares about um, uh, you know that the right that that certain lives are being lost and other lives they don't really care about so much. I don't know. What do you make of this? Mm. I, yeah, I mean, you you remind me of it just. Uh, perhaps half an hour ago, I was looking at a, a BBC report 
uh, about Human Rights Watch pointing out that or, or containing that accusing China of destroying mosques. And, uh, and 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 the piece goes on to elaborate on the, the you know this kind of anti well, these Islamophobic sentiments that are at work in China. You know, are we going to hear anything from from the NC? Is there going to be a motion in Parliament? Um, and I think, as you as you as you say, you know, one one so often gets the impression of a of a ruling party here that that's, that's the captive of a kind of a feat and a vacuous struggle era. Um, nostalgia, which um, which is uh, you know has has nothing to say to the, the our real national interest. Um, it's this kind of acting out this punitive repertoire, which is, is always actually pointless. Um, even in fact, the 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 the, the way the um, uh, the way the uh, the motion has been styled suggests a kind of they're not quite sure what what it is that exactly they're doing. A little bit of pressure, but they can't quite commit themselves. Um, yeah, it's certainly not in the national interest, I don't believe, and it's 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 a rather vacuous uh, uh, attempt at, at signaling virtue here, in a nostalgic way, which has nothing to do with our real world concerns. No, exactly, uh, and this is almost certainly just going to make trouble for South Africa without really doing anything, because yeah. at the end of the day, no one involved in this conflict gives a damn really about what South Africa thinks. No, mm, exactly, no. Again, it doesn't address our national interest. No, exactly. Or our standing anyway, in the world. We would have thought, you know, diplomacy. Yeah, exactly. Would be, it's, mm. it's it's a, for supposedly a non-aligned neutral country. We're awfully uh, keen not to pick sides every now and again. Mm. Um, <laughs> which makes oh. mockery, I think, government's foreign yeah. policy. Um, anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, please, if you do like the show, please subscribe to us. Please like the video. All those good things. And for today, that's a wrap.